Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. The High Noon El Prez Pack is here, featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Celta flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, and all-new flavor, tangerine, all made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit HighNoonSpirits.com to find the El Prez Pack nearest you. Welcome back to Foreplay, presented by Barstool Sports. This is Episode 9, Shell Houston Open Week. Trent, what's up? Nothing. Barstool Sports is a sports podcast. People are always like, hey, you guys don't talk about sports enough. Well, here you go. We got a lot of top sports podcasts in every sport you could basically imagine for a company that doesn't talk about sports. That's a good point. If you go to the iTunes rankings, we're all up in there, so... All up in there, in which is where we like to be. I like, I love being all up in there. We got to start with a couple shout-outs. We got uh, some nice gear today from Fuzzy Zeller's Covered Bridge Golf Club in Indiana. Sick, nasty logo. No, Great. not Indiana. Yeah, uh, it is Indiana. Is it? Yep. Oh, I thought you said Louisville, Kentucky. I did. I was wrong. Okay. Yeah, I said that originally. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the package said that, but then I actually looked it up when I went to shout him out uh, on the Instagram by the way, go follow us at 4PlayPod on Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram has been taken off. Blowing up. As it should be. It's fantastic. Follow. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in, like, somewhere called Shellersburg or something, Indiana. Okay. So, if you're near there, uh, go play it. Really nice, really nice stuff. They sent us some great shirts, a yeah. bunch of gear. I'm in love with the logo. I'll tell you. It just, it's awesome. The logo's awesome. You got to like a nice covered bridge. Who doesn't? Yep. Uh, Even sent Rob some stuff. Oh, yeah. Got a club cover. Yep. Yeah, he did get a little uh, nice little cover. So Rob's looking good. Reminder, send us stuff. We'll rep it. We love gear. We love repping local clubs. Who doesn't? So send us anything you got. Also, shout out to Next Gen Golf. They sent us some stuff last week. Um, They sent us some nice t-shirts. A couple other things. They want us to come play in a couple tournaments. We might have to go dominate everybody in those. Somebody in the office today had the idea that we need to get a map, a United States map, and just put on little pins on there where people invite us to play. Because we get a lot of them. We should put cool little, like, golf flag pins. Now, now you're thinking. We're we on should, to something. We should do that. Rob, can you do that? Absolutely. Thanks, All Rob. Righty. Um, this is the last podcast we'll be recording before we're at Augusta National. We're, I'm, we're excited. I am wildly excited. It's coming up quick. 
Yeah, it did. I mean, we've known about it. I forget how long we've known about it, but then it really became real when we did the uh, the announcement video, the American Press Conference. After that, you and I were both like, oh, shit, we're actually going. This is not just like something off far from the future. We're going to be there. Trent, myself, and Rob are going to be there Monday to Monday. We have a Master's Week special podcast and live show schedule. Mm-hmm. So next week, we will be releasing a podcast on Tuesday, as we always do. On Friday, which is a bonus episode, and then the following week's podcast, instead of going up on Tuesday, will go up Monday morning slash as late Sunday night as we can get it up. Yeah. So the the idea is we want to release on Tuesday like we normally do. We'll be just like, hey, we're going to the Masters. This is going to happen. Friday, we wanted to put it where we had it like a day or two into the tournament so we could talk about because we're actually going in. We're going in, we've got badges, oh, we're yeah. going to come back out, record the podcast, like what it was like, all that good stuff, and then we want to do Monday instead of Tuesday the week after for instant reaction stuff, depending on what happens during the, the actual tournament. Exactly. So you're getting uh, a bonus show, a little bit of a shuffle in the schedule, as you should. You're going to have your boys, your trusted sources, us two fucking idiots <laughs> at Augusta National. We don't really know what to expect. We're wildly excited, as any of you would be. So yeah, we're going to be there all week. Uh, we're also doing... Pre, a couple pre and post game shows. We're doing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday a half hour pre game show leading up to the official coverage starting at two thirty p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on Sunday we will be doing at one thirty p.m. Eastern time a pre game show. That's because the coverage bumps up an hour. And we will also be doing immediately following the conclusion of play a post show Sunday night. Yep. Uh, this is the master, or they don't really broadcast as much TV as you would want, so we're going to try and provide a little bit more. We're going to be down there. We'll know what's going on. It'll be good. It'll be good stuff. It's one of those things everybody always bitches, same time of year. I can't believe this is going on, and we don't have coverage of it. Mm-hmm. That's true. You won't. We're not be going to be giving you coverage of us playing in the Masters, <laughs> but we will be giving you a live show. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the tourney, what you might have missed, what we're expecting what we've experienced while we're down there, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So big week for foreplay, big week for Barstool Sports. Uh, come to the Natty Shack. Friday and Saturday, come to the Natty Shack. Uh, Natural Light is hosting what is going to be a diabolical tailgate scene. It's going to be great. Right outside the entrance, very close to the entrance into Augusta. So we're going to be there. Smiley Kaufman's going to be there. Natty Shack, Natty Shack, who Natty knows, Shack. Who knows who's going to show up? I mean, anybody could be there. It's going to be a great time. I'm excited. Dave Portnoy is going to be there. Frankie Borelli is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Trent's going to be there. Octagon Bob, producer Rob, whatever you want to call him. He's going to be there. So excited. Star-studded. Star-studded event. Uh, and we're pumped. So that's next week. Look out for that. Oh, and also, if anybody has any practice round tickets, uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, we are on the lookout for those. So if you have a hookup or anything, let us know. Email at uh, at foreplay or foreplay at barstoolsports.com if you've got any sort of uh, practice round hookups for Augusta. We'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and leave a review to win a green jacket. Speaking of the Masters, green jackets, boom, hopefully you made the connection. Leave a good review. Top review of the month wins a green jacket. There's now four in the world. Yep, four of them. We each have one on this show, and uh, the lucky winner from last month has one. Go get yourself one. Leave a review, leave a review, leave a review. On to the Riggsy Golf Minute. we got a couple of different events to cover. Uh, the PGA Tours JV game was down in Puerto Rico this week at the Puerto Rico Open. Bryson DeChambeau did not win. Great news for everyone. We'll get more on that later. DA points won by two shots with a birdie. 
closed out with a birdie on 18. A couple diabolical fist pumps in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw some of those, Trent. <laughs> I did. But he was fired up. Uh, first win in four years, emotional one for the 40-year-old American. He got emotional in the post-round interview, which is great to see. South Korean Miram Lee, which is a relatively pronounceable name, shot rounds of 68, 68, 67, 65 to win the ladies' Kia LPGA Classic by six shots. Complete dusting there. Uh, the women also kick off this year's first golf major, technically, with the ANA inspiration this coming weekend. I've said this before, Trent. I'll say it again. I'll pretty much watch any golf that has a lot on the line. Yeah. That's why uh, we get into an interview later. Uh, they talk with uh, Ryan Palmer. We talk about it. Well, I always want some juice on it. Always want some yep. juice. I'll watch anything with juice. Exactly. So uh, I kind of wrote down here, if it's close and it's for something big and there are names that I can pronounce in the mix, I'm watching it. So keep an eye on for the ANA inspiration this weekend. Our buddy Jim Renner, people's golfer OG, yeah, yeah, finished 69th on the Web.com Tour event this past weekend. Congrats to our buddy Jim on a great week. And, of course, Dustin Johnson took down the WGC Dell Technologies match play, defeating John Rahm. One up yesterday evening. What an event this thing is. It's great. It's a great event. Uh, Dustin Johnson, man. What else can you say? It's his world. It's his world. This is the world we all thought we'd eventually be living in, and I'm glad we are. Dustin Johnson has always had all-world talent. He's been all-world athleticism, blah, blah, blah. Now he's just kind of putting it all to use. It really is one of those things where people were saying years ago, He's the best natural athlete. He's got all of the natural talent. Someday he's going to break through. He won at Oakmont last year. Now he's won three in a row, including back-to-back WGCs. He's ranked number one in the world. I really don't want to get sucked into this fucking thing that we do where it's like, oh, this is the guy that's going to separate himself. Oh, this is the guy that's going to be kind of our new tiger. Because it feels like we did it with Rory three or four years ago, and then we did it with Spieth in 2015. Now here we are. Or we did it with Day a little bit oh, yeah. at the end of 15 early last year. Now we're doing it again with Dustin Johnson. I, this one feels different. He's so fucking good. It's crazy. It could just be my stupid brain, but when so those other names that we just named, yep. I don't I don't put him in those categories at all. And I, I feel like I'm thinking Jason Day and Dustin Johnson are pretty close in age, but I, Dustin feels older to me, and it feels more sustainable. With those younger guys, it's up and down, up and down. Dustin... If he just keeps playing this way in this vein, I feel like it can it'll it could last months. So I just cranked it out. Dustin Johnson is thirty two. He's, he's thirty two. Yeah. Yep. And what's is day late twenty? He might be twenty. I think he's twenty nine. Like, he is twenty nine. Yeah. He turns thirty. But do in you feel November. that way as well? Where yes. you separate him from the younger guys? Yes. Because he's been around forever. Yes, and he's you know they he's won what every single year for ten years. Twelve. Twelve years. So yeah. every year that he's been on tour. He's won. He kills the ball. I wrote down uh, a bunch of stats. Driving distance this year, he's second on the entire tour, 316.2. Strokes gained tee to green, he's second. Strokes gained on approach shot, he's 11th. Strokes gained putting, he's 31st. When you add all that up, I mean, he just, of course he's going to win. He hits it further than everybody else. He hits it closer than almost everybody else, and he putts. Pretty damn close to the top of the pack. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all, he's always been able to hit it a mile. Um, his wedge game has gotten much better. Yeah, the last, the last two or three years. Last two or three years. Way better. Way better. And then if you could just putt even a little bit, and he doesn't seem to have those. No, I don't want to call them yips, but he had that one that's uh, Chambers Bay against to beat Jordan Spieth. Which for, you know, in his defense, that was Chambers Bay. Everybody's bitching about the greens. Yeah. Shout out. But he's had moments. He's had moments where he could have kind of stepped on the throat and hasn't done it. It seems once he got Oakmount out of the way, he got that major championship out of the way. It's just 
pedal to the fucking metal. I mean, his so he was seven zero seven and zero this weekend. Some of his, I mean, he beat Webb Simpson five and three. He beats Martin Keimer three and two. He beats Jimmy Walker five and three. Zach Johnson five and four. Then Alexander Norn three and two, and then he had one up two one up wins. So he shit kicks five guys in a row basically. And then when he had to be clutch in the last two matches on the last day, he was clutch down the stretch. Yeah, he blew a couple leads, but he made putts when he needed to. He made that big par putt on the last hole in the semifinal match. Um so I mean he's got it all. He had a quote he had a quote uh from this weekend. Most guys if you ask him how it was out there against this type of competition, he's like, Oh, it's you know, we're grinding out out there, you know, you're trying to it's neck and neck, blah blah blah. This is what he said after he won uh the, the WGC event. Some days it does feel easy. Must be nice. That's Dustin Johnson to me in a nutshell. Not exactly electric interviews, um, not very what do you call it? Um when you're celebrating you're pumping Gung-ho. your fist. Gung ho, maybe that's what I'm looking for. He doesn't he just kinda goes about his business, but his business is dominating golf. So it seems like a weird contrast. He's cool, calm, collected. They talked nonstop on the coverage about how he switched to a cut, a slight fade off the tee and, mm-hmm. um, about a year ago and how he's unstoppable now. He's killing it. I don't really know who's going to stop him. He he did WD from the Shell Houston Open this coming week, which is very understandable. Just getting ready for the Masters. I'm all set with that. I just played seven matches in five days and shit kicked everybody we're, I mean, we're getting a lot of Paulina coverage, too, because she always just comes out on the green. His son, Tatum, I believe. I'm happy about all of it. Me, too. The picture I tweeted out last night of uh, DJ hugging his son, and his son has, like, a smile on his face. I'm happy for DJ. Yeah. We, we could be in a different place with DJ, you know? A couple of years ago, people weren't sure what was going on. And kudos to him. I mean, he what he took – how long was he off? Several months that he took off or was – unofficially suspended or whatever the fuck they called that it was i feel like it was like six months and then that was a couple years ago here he is uh shout out to john rom yeah rising a rising star again like you said i don't want to do the whole i know this guy and that keep doing this i know but it's again rom feels a little different but i could just be wrong yeah i'm a slave to the moment i mean he was shit kicking people too look at this (laughs) Kevin Chappell, three and two. Shane Lowry, two and one. And then he goes, beats Sergio, six and four. Charles Howell, third, six and four. Soren Kelton, seven and five. He's just shit kicking people. How mad? Well, I'll be curious what you say to this. Do you think Sergio's mad that he's no longer the Spaniard in the in the spotlight? I think Sergio probably likes it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I was Sergio's get- kind of like a little like he's a you know he's resigned like he's kind of resigned. To the fact he admitted several years ago, like, I don't have what it takes to win a major. Which is an insane thing to say. All of that stuff. So I feel like he's like, oh, good. Like, I'm not the main guy. Because I was going to say, John Rahm beating him, that felt like a passing of the torch for the Spain guy. But I think Rahm wants the spotlight. I don't think Sergio loves it all that much. Yeah, Sergio had that one, uh, I think, on the 13th, too, where he topped his driver into the water. That was a good feel-good moment for all the Americans out there. It was. Uh, uh, WGC, this event, gave us the matchup everybody wanted. We wanted Rom and DJ once, because the guys, some big names got dropped out early, so it's kind of like, oh, shit, this kind of sucks. Yep. And then the cream rose to the top with Rom and DJ, and but, I mean, DJ's a fucking buzzsaw. That was, yeah, and he, it was, it, it turned out to be a great match. I mean, he's five up, and then he barely won coming down the stretch. Um, Rom basically drove the green on 18, and then, uh, you know, hit kind of a shitty shot. There was some rumor that, the bathroom door closed or something that people were uh, alluding to. But he was, I will say, the one thing about Rahm is he, he reminded me a little bit of 2014 Jordan Spieth at okay. the Masters when he was in the final group with Bubba, and he 
came up a couple shots short, and he was super emotional, yeah, almost over the top. But you just kind of felt like the the wave was coming. Yeah, and it was that's kind of because Ron was he was pretty emotional yesterday. He had some outbursts. He looked a little rattled. He did it on his chip on eighteen. But he, I mean, he's young as fuck, so it's really not that big of a deal. But I don't know, worth noting. No, I agree. I agree. John Rom, he's. I wish he was an American, but he's. Uh... He, I mean, he, you know, he's Arizona State, I think. Yeah, he went to school and all that, so it must be nice to be a big, tall, super successful pro athlete with a Spanish accent who went to Arizona State. That sounds sweet. Yeah, I bet that didn't play at all at Arizona no, State. Not no, at all. one bit. Not a good-looking girl at Arizona State. Also, either. the maybe the one knock we could take away is his ridiculous hat tan line from yesterday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> in your face, John yeah. Rom. Fuck you, John. In Rom. your face, <laughs> I, it did. It was. I mean, he can't help that, but. No, I mean, it looks bad. It's true, golf guy. Like that's just <laughs> also the. I mean, clearly the TV and the cameras make the contrast way worse. Yeah, but uh, that wasn't the best look. The guy's a stud. What can you say? And he's hard not to like. I, I kind of like him. Uh, also, a little kudos to uh, the Hedeto Tadihara guy. He was. Did you see the clip that I saw? Of him burning a heater between holes? No. Oh, yeah. What? He had a little... He was hiding it. He had a little... I, I didn't see that. He was just burning a heater. I mean, you want to talk about getting on my good side in about two seconds? You like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss that. Oh, yeah. He was great. He had the ace. He ended up finishing fourth. I mean, he's this... It feels like he came out of nowhere, but... And, and I mean, in, in terms of the American golf scene... He did. However, you can't get into the tournament if you're out of nowhere. I mean, you got to be a, a top. Event. Right, you got to be a top. Whatever. I think they went all the way up to 69 this year, which is nice because of some people pulling out. But he's led the Japanese tour four years in a row in putting. So he's got a great flat stick. I think they said he had around 12 wins or something on the Japanese tour in his career. Yeah, that sounds right. So the guy's pretty sick. He was a cool little story coming out of it. Uh, I also wanted to comment. I felt like Nota Begay sounded like he was out of breath the entire <laughs> tournament. I'm like, literally every time they cut to him, he's like, <sighs> so I, I think he's got about five feet. I was like, Jesus, are you in the middle of a fucking marathon? Nota Begay, man, he's, I don't know how you feel about Nota Begay. I've, I've come around a little bit on Nota, although I do think he only has a job because he's Tiger's best friend and they want, like, in that inner circle, the Golf Channel does. He's gotten better. Yeah, he has. He used to, because he track, when he's tracking a ball, like, off the tee, yep. I, I used to, you could spin him around 50 times and he his guess would be closer <laughs> than what he actually did. I think he, like, spent the offseason studying the flight patterns of balls. He's way better at it now. I still think he only has a job because he's boys with uh, Tiger, but he's getting better. I like him. I think he's good. I just think he maybe work on cardio a little bit. Uh, also, shout out to DJ's brother and caddy, Austin, who had one of my favorite lines, which was he just said, disappear, when DJ struck putts. That's a good line. Just disappear. Disappear. i have to steal that one. Um, also, a guy commented, and I could not have related to this more, he said, I feel like this entire golf course is downhill. Yes, it did seem that way. Like, they just, every hole, it's like, oh, no, it's they hit this one 800 yards because it's downhill and downwind, the whole golf course. Was it uh, Rory early on the tournament? He hit it like a 410-yard, and it just felt like it rolled forever. Yeah, forever then, uh, and well, on Sunday, we had Rom against DJ. Rom hit one 438 on the 12th hole, and DJ hit one 423 on the same hole. It's ridiculous. Imagine hitting it 423, and you're away by 15 yards. I can't. I can't imagine that at all. Anyway, great week. We got to get more match play. We got to get more match play. We got to get more match play. I like it 
I one of my sneaky favorite things about match play is there's only like when it's Sunday when there's only a couple golfers left that makes me excited. Like yeah. instead of there being like the whole other half of the tournament to go, it's just a couple of guys and you know who they are, especially when it's guys like Ram and DJ. Also, I feel like guys like us we're really dumb, so you don't have Definitely. to follow an entire leaderboard of like 15 rotating, changing intermingling names you it's know, just two guys you just spit hard truths to me because that's exactly what it is yep. i knew going to bed on saturday that i'm like all right i want it to be ramen dj yep <laughs> that's like, all I, I needed to know i don't have to do any fucking math like if this guy how many holes he got none of that it's just one guy against another guy and they give you one big ass number of how many holes one guy's ahead of the other that's it's, it I, yeah it's very easy to read the the twos and the ones and the sevens and the fives i could do that all day i can do that all day that's not a problem it's when you start minus 16 minus three through this through that can't do it so i like the match play great course we got to play that course maybe that's the next boondoggle boondoggle my favorite thing about whenever wgc events come up uh they do oh this guy has won this many and it's always tiger has won 18 of them and now dj has won five of them and he's in second place i think the stat was that if they kept saying if DJ wins this week, he'll be only the second player to ever have won back-to-back WGCs. And they're like, the only other guy is Tiger, who's done that seven times. I was like, Jesus. It's those moments, and we're not going to do the Tiger thing, but it's that it's those moments where you're like, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, but then you also want to cry yourself to sleep at night. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Well, that's good, Trent, because you've got some headlines, I believe. I do. we got a pretty good week of headlines. Let's start with uh, – this is our own headline that we made, uh, and it's kind of internal – Last week we talked about uh, Happy Gilmore and oh, because we had Shooter McGavin on. Yep. And we flippantly said, uh, "What do we think the most quoted movie on a golf course is?" We said Happy Gilmore, one hundred percent. We got a lot of blowback from people saying it's Caddyshack. Uh, how do you respond, Riggs? Well, it's uh, it is very generational. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah. So people, were, we put it up on Twitter, and it was like sixty something percent said Happy Gilmore. And then people were bitching, being like, oh, well, the Twitter crowd's obviously younger and all that. Fine. It's just, I feel like I'll I'll concede people's dads and granddads and shit are probably going to quote Caddyshack more. People of our generation are probably going to quote Happy Gilmore more. I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, yeah, I, Happy Gilmore, but I still think Happy Gilmore has more quotes. I do, too. I really do. And I feel like it just has a lot of quotes that you could even use, that people just use way outside of the golf way more yeah like oh you almost hit that guy oh, like, sure like, there. Uh, like, that's just like when you're playing basketball like go to your home yeah you'll be shooting a ball yeah it's just it's so i, I, I was knew, stunned i i wasn't stunned i knew as soon as people as we said like oh happy gilmore hands down i knew fucking people were gonna come out and be like caddyshack caddyshack it's happy gilmore because i said that very cavalier you did on the podcast i was like oh yeah happy gilmore clearly the most quoted movie on the golf course of all time and people did not like that but I mean, numbers, we took a poll. Numbers never lie. Most scientific poll ever, just a Twitter poll from young people that follow the foreplay pod at foreplay pod on Twitter. Probably not a lot of dads and (laughs) grandpas. I could be wrong. Probably not a ton of dads and grandpas following the foreplay pod account. Maybe. Maybe not. All right, moving on. Uh, So, happy go more, most quoted. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau had had himself a good week uh, in Puerto Rico. He finished, what did he finish? Tied for second at 18 under behind DA points, like you mentioned earlier, and Retief Goosen. We dodged a bullet. The goose, oh, big time! <laughs> I was, and uh, but let's 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 play it out like this. If he had won, what is what is my opinion? My opinion is that he's not playing a WGC event. Right. So get the fuck out of here. My opinion would be like, oh, sweet, you won the JV match down in Puerto Rico. That's how I feel, though. Go fuck yourself. But you know, I I really I didn't pay attention because I almost treated it like Sunday morning text messages, where I just I didn't 
I didn't want to see it. I, I treated it like I knew he was going to not win. I knew he existed and it existed and that he was – people kept, you know, tagging us in tweets of him making putts. Oh, Bryce DeChambeau ties for the lead and all that. Didn't watch a single clip. Didn't see any of it. Fuck him. All I did was look at the end and saw that he didn't win, and I was happy about it. You just deleted those text messages. Just yeah. didn't even happen. Exactly. I like that. I think that's the way to go because if he would have won, we would have had a problem. Yeah, that would have been really bad timing if he would have won. Like, really shitty time. <laughs> but I've said from the beginning uh, that if he plays well and wins, I'll, he'll, he needs to get attention. You've, but, you've said multiple times, make a cut for me. Yeah. So if that's winning is, is making a cut, for sure. That's Oh, it's much more So then that. are you going to like him? No. But <laughs> but I will understand him getting covered. But I did oh, see okay, that's fair. a Golf Channel tweet uh, after Rom. He didn't win, but he played well. They said, hey, oh, look at John Rom is having a good uprising in his career. So is Bryson DeChambeau. They're kind of on the same path. I was like, get the oh, fuck out of here. That's, that's the newest thing, and we talked about a little bit last week, too. Shoehorning him into... Things where he they just want to cover. He doesn't him. belong. He doesn't Not belong. Close. He John Rahm was in a WGC event. Fucking DeChambeau was playing in Puerto Rico. John Rahm damn near took down the number one ranked player in the world after winning six other matches in the WGC event that Bryson DeChambeau didn't even sniff. Yeah, it's, boom roasted. Boom roasted DeChambeau. Yep. Uh, moving on a little more, a little bit of a, a very serious topic. Jason Day withdrew from the WGC match play. Um, we weren't quite sure what it was, and then he held a press conference afterwards. Revealed that his mother uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, I believe, a few months ago. Yep. So that was that was tough. It was an emotional press conference. Obviously, nothing but the best for Day. Um, I don't know what he what his schedule looks like going forward with this going on. Yeah, he um, yeah he did kind of he was very open to and said you know there's a reason that I've been not playing up to par. Not my game hasn't been where people expect it to usually be. Which made a lot of sense. It's tough. We saw him when we were down at TPC Sawgrass. They did, like, media day. And we saw him, you know, and he's looking good. So it was kind of – it so sucks. Weird. I thought back to that because I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. I was like, we just saw Jason Day. And he seemed like – I mean, he puts on a good face. You're yeah. just, like, very friendly. He did all the media stuff. And then you figure out this is – or you find out this is going on behind the scenes. That That's tough. Really tough. Really shitty to see. Uh, they did come out and say that the surgery that she had apparently went as well as it could have. Good. And that, uh, you know, things seem to be going as well as they can and all of that. So, um, so yeah, that was tough, man. That that was really shocking. Withdrew right away. And uh, the press conference was crazy. We it was kind of, yeah. Uh, and all that. So I, I mean, did see right before he came on, he said his status for the Masters is he's just going to kind of see where it is. Right now he's planning to play, but that could change, obviously, minute to minute, basically. So Understandable. Yeah. There's more important stuff oh, out there. Of course. Um, so... Best of luck to, or, you know, good going forward. Uh, nothing but positive vibes for them. Uh, next headline, John Daly says The Rock cannot hit a drive 490 yards. Because if you didn't know, earlier in the week, The Rock put up an Instagram of him flexing, basically. Um, I can see producer Rob getting ready on his mic because he's a wrestling guy. Um, basically, the biggest arms you've ever seen in your life hitting a golf ball, and The Rock put it in his caption, oh, this one went 490 yards, blah, blah, blah. John Daly came out a couple days later and said, no shot. What do you think? John Daly is correct. He is. The Rock is nowhere near hitting a ball 400 yards. I put this in my blog. I, he's, the Rock is so awesome that I feel bad calling him a liar. Because if there's one person in this world that I think can attack it and maybe do it, it's The Rock. It's almost like you know he's that's just not true, but you just kind of laugh and you're like, oh, cool. 
And you're like, but in your mind, you're like, yeah, no, that's definitely not true, but it's The Rock. Like, yeah. Whatever. And John Daly's point was The Rock definitely has the body to hit a ball that long, but the technique, you just, I mean, he can't hit it straight. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not even close. If you look, I mean, if you look this past weekend, you got DJ and Rom down, downhill, like 100 feet, significantly downwind, ripping drives into firm fairways, and they didn't hit it 490. They hit it. 440 and yeah. 420, which is great. But I mean, if they're not doing it in those conditions, buddy, the Rock ain't coming close. Rob, why are you? What are you listen freaking out about? Listen to me. If you don't think that the jabroni beaten, pie eaten, high flying, electrifying, elbow dropping, spine popping, eyebrow raising people's champ can hit a drive 490 yards, you deserve a ki- an ass kicking. You're an idiot, Rob. You There's are, literally man. no way. No. This we, isn't wrestling. We, you he and absolutely I absolutely hit a drive four hundred. Not yeah, close. He probably hit it's it. It's hundred percent. It's the Rock. He probably hit it four hundred ninety feet. His arms are the size like, of your head. Doesn't matter. That's what John Daly is saying. You can be. He certainly has the body to do it. If you, if John Daly's training or whatever you want to call it was in the Rock's body, he could probably hit it four ninety. But it's he can't do it because he's not a golfer. He's just like out there hacking at it. And he can do it because he's the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're dumb. We're never gonna get on the same page on this. You're dumb. You're just an incorrect person. Well, we're, you're we're, young. You don't get it. It's we're fine. veterans of the World Long Drive Championship. Shout yes. out to Packerville, Oklahoma. Correct. Uh, what were they hitting? What did the guy end up winning with? Our old four, British friend. Like 430 or 440. He hit it. Not a chance. That and, I mean, it was downwind that day, and the whole thing is designed, so those guys hit it as far as possible, so the show looks really cool. Yeah. And he did not. He hit it 50 yards short of where this other uh, Yeah, the, the fucking rock. The two, whatever the fuck Rob calls him. <laughs> I mean, was he the rock? Is it the Rock Dwayne, that hit it? Dwayne Johnson? Is he Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> do you the, I do you think Dwayne Johnson can hit a ball 490 yards? Zero chance. Okay. <laughs> there right, we, now we're to the bottom of it. All right. We did get to the bottom of it. Um, and last but not least on headlines, uh, happy birthday to our friend Paige Sporanek. Happy birthday, Paige. Happy birthday, Paige. I think we all took shots at her yesterday. Yeah. I, I mean, I texted her. I didn't do it. I didn't have to do it publicly. Wow. I didn't have to do that that publicly. Did you include an emoji in the text? I'm not. You know, I don't. I'm not going to get into my. You can't say you texted her and then not tell us about the text. I. I was a. It was a happy birthday text, and she was happy to get it. And we're just going to leave it at that. I don't need my displays of affection to be public. Producer Ross was very well received. Very. All right, Rob. No, cut his mic off. I know, producer. That's not here. That's Rob. Cut his mic. You're the only one in here, unfortunately. Happy birthday, Paige. She's only 24, did I see? She is. She's 24. That's surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. But, yeah, that is that is surprising. She's doing well for 24. Yeah, she is. She's got a big following. Huge following. She's gorgeous. Extremely gorgeous. Did you include an emoji in your text to her? Upcoming, we've got a great interview with Ryan Palmer. Uh, it was a good interview. It was a great interview. He stopped by. He's, uh, I don't know what else I was going to say. It was a good interview. He, uh... Yeah, I mean, he's had, for those that don't know, he's had a, a, a wild year, an up-and-down year. He, um, you know, we've had a couple God, a couple dark, you know, incidents with uh, breast cancer and whatnot that we have to talk about on the show, which is not typically where we go. But he had to take four months off, or he did take four months off at the end of last year to help tend to his wife, help out with the kids. His wife was diagnosed with breast cancer in the end of July of last year. Doing well. And she seems, uh, from everything we've read, everything we looked at, she's doing really well. He touched on it a little bit. Uh, like I said, of course, that's not where our podcast is looking to go all the time. No. Um, but he touches on it. It's a really, really good interview. Really cool dude who's, uh, you know, he's been on tour. I think he turned pro in 2000. Yep. 
He's got three wins, really normal, really down-to-earth, really cool guy, follows us a little bit, uh, agreed to come on a couple times, and then we fucked up technologically. Yeah. But finally got him on. Enjoy this interview uh, with Ryan Palmer. This interview with Ryan Palmer is brought to you by DraftKings.com. The first golf major of 2017 is next week. We're going to be there, as we alluded to. It's going to be great. You should be there, too, and you should be gambling by playing DraftKings.com. To celebrate, DraftKings.com is hosting a free fantasy golf contest with $100,000 in total prizes up for grabs. Whether you live and breathe golf or you're looking to try a new fantasy sport now that football is over, one-week fantasy golf at DraftKings is just for you. And fantasy golf on DraftKings is easy to play. You just pick six golfers before the tournament tees off next Thursday, then you just sit back and follow the action live. Rack up points for streaks, per hole performance, tournament finishes, and more. Outscore the competition and win big money. You cannot get closer to the action than this. Millions of fantasy sports fans, just like you, have experienced the excitement of DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Everybody knows I love to gamble. There's no better way to invest yourself in the weekend's tournament, especially next Thursday. So hurry to DraftKings.com now. Get free entry into the $100,000 contest for golf's first major with promo code 4 that's code F-O-R-E to play free for your share of $100,000 in total prizes only at DraftKings.com, the destination for one-week fantasy sports. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This interview with Ryan Palmer is also brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Apron achieves, achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United States as a result. Seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Beef, chicken, and pork comes from re- uh, responsibly raised animals. Produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. Because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for recipe, they are reducing food waste. Cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot at restaurants or high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Uh, a couple of their featured upcoming meals are spinach and fresh, fresh mozzarella pizza pizza with olives, bell peppers, and ricotta salsa, Parmesan-crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. Uh, Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. Uh, They sent me a bunch of stuff. I think they sent these guys a bunch of stuff. It's very easy to do. Uh, It takes about 40 minutes for each meal, Uh, but if I can do it, you can also do it. Um, It's affordable for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash foreplay. That's F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y, one word, foreplay. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash foreplay. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, now we are joined by uh, three-time PGA Tour champ, Ryan Palmer. Uh, first of all, thanks again for uh, for hopping on with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, enjoy what you guys do and uh, love to be part of it. That's great news. Yeah, we, uh, in classic Barstool fashion, we, I think a couple weeks ago, 
tried to get you on on our end. We had massive technical failure, so sorry about that. Very, I'm not very tech savvy, so I can't tell you how to help help you out there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, we've been hopefully we we hired people that are smarter than us to figure it out. But uh, you're obviously a Texas guy. You're born there. You live there now. Um, playing there this weekend. Just kind of where you where you're talking to us from right now, and what's going on. I'm actually in the car driving from Lake Charles, Louisiana, to Houston. Had a little charity event last night. Uh, went and had dinner and then played golf this morning to help raise money for the McNeese State golf team. And uh, played a fun round at the Golden Nugget, the country club there, and uh, had a good time. So uh, now we're headed over to Houston, uh, get ready for the show this week. And, you know, I always look forward to coming back to Houston, uh, being an Aggie from Texas A&M, and there'll be a lot of – a lot of Aggies out there following me, so it's always a fun week. That's great. What, um, which was the charity related at all to the Brighter Smiles initiative that I believe you started what in 2012? Yeah, no, this is just something I we did um, separately just to go. They were looking for some help, and we uh, went over and uh, played around a round of golf and did a dinner and and a Q and A with them just to raise money for the McNeese State golf team. So nothing to do with my foundation. Gotcha. Uh, well, yeah, um, my foundation, Brighter Smiles Initiative, is uh, is going great, raising money and helping kids with dental work that's needed. That's good. Yeah, my uh, my dad's actually a dentist, and uh, <laughs> so I mean, I can I can relate. I've he's always he's given me a little bit of shit over the years about my teeth could use some work as well. So uh, so yeah, that's that's good well, stuff. I'm I'm married to a dentist too, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've I'm sure you've heard it all. I've heard some similar stuff. Uh, so like I kind of said off the top. You've got three PGA Tour wins. You've really done a good job of spreading them out, 2004, 2008, 2010. Uh, which one, I mean, which win's kind of the most meaningful, would you say? Well, you never forget your first one, obviously, being a rookie on tour in 04. But uh, I really look back at the one in 2010 at the Sony Open, uh, leading wire to wire, coming down the stretch and birdieing the last hole to win by one over Robert Allenby. So I really look at that one as a, a really defining moment for me to go in and play four rounds and lead the tournament, you know, wire to wire and come out winning. So, uh, but you never forget, you know, every win, you know, Disney has shoot 62 to win, uh, over then number one, VJ Singh in 08, uh, to Ginser Mayor. I made a 10 footer on the last hole to break the seven way playoff tie. And then of course, 2010, you know, leading wire to wire. So, uh, but definitely the one in Hawaii is, has a little more meaning, I think, for me. Yeah, I'm always, uh, I'm always interested. Like you said, you've, you've proven pretty clutch in big, in big moments. You made that ten footer to win. You've uh, birdied against Allenby, like you said, to win as well. What you know? What are those moments like? I mean, are those a lot different, or does it just kind of feel like, hey, I'm, I'm playing my game, I'm playing well, and you're just doing the same thing? It's. It just you know, in '08 when I made the putt, it, I, I look back on a putting drill that I do, and I told James McCaddy it's a ten-foot drill putt that we do, and, uh, and of course in, in 2010 it's just when you're playing four days like that and you're leading wire to wire, you just you get in that mind frame, that mindset to where um, you know you can't be stopped, and the hole's big, and you're hitting, you're driving the ball well, and you, your iron play is spectacular, and you know, like I said you're just, you're making every putt you look at, so. Uh, it's a great moment, great feeling to get in. I mean, it's like a, it's like a drug. You can't, you can't get enough of it. It's so much fun being in that moment, being in that position, being in contention, and uh, you know when you're playing in front of a big crowd and having a chance to win on Sunday is uh, there's nothing like it. 
Are you able to recognize that when you're – so you do the wire-to-wire win. Do you see that in the practice rounds you're feeling it? Or is it once you get out on the course, that's when it – like it takes a little bit to get into it and you're like, oh, I've got it now? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. You could go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and, and really hit it like shit, not make a putt, lose your butt in the practice round in a gambling match, and you come out Thursday and, and you kill it. You play great. So – or you could have three great days leading up to the tournament and then miss the cut. So you never really know when it's going to happen. You know, all you can do is get yourself ready mentally, physically, and, you know, that way if you're there on Saturday and Sunday, you're, you're rested and, uh, and you know, you're playing well. So uh, all you can do Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday is just kind of just get yourself in position to uh, hopefully have a good week. So you mentioned, uh, you know, a little practice round gambling. That's right up my alley. Big gambler. Uh, I always like to ask, you know, what is kind of your general week-to-week practice uh, round look like? Are you playing with a lot of the same guys? Are you having little little money games to keep it interesting? Just kind of what's that look like week-to-week? Yeah, it, it varies. Um, you know, you try to find the certain guys that I play with a lot with some good games. Uh, Colton Oates is one. He likes to gamble. And, you know, we'll get a two-on-two two two matchup a lot of times. Uh, I'll try and catch Jordan a lot. Jordan Smith and I played quite a bit on Tuesdays. And me and him will have a one-on-one match. It's pretty cool. We'll, we'll play a match and, uh, you know, per hole. But if we miss our birdie putt, our caddy gets to come in and try to make it for half the pot. <laughs> so we kind of include them a little bit. And it's, 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 it's fun. It makes the day go by fun. And it goes by fast. And, uh, you know, we have a good time with it. So it, just, it depends who's playing and, uh, you know, who you want. Because it's nice to gamble on Tuesday a little bit and, you know, get the blood flowing and, you know, Getting a little, get a little heated competition prior to the tournament. Who's usually getting the better end of it between you and uh, you and Jordan? You know, I'll, it'll be my day one time, and he'll have the next. So, uh, but it's fun watching watching our guys kind of get in there and compete and grind over putts. So, uh, it makes for a fun day. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun too because I feel like that's how most of us kind of grew up playing with your buddies and guys like Trent and I. I mean, every time we get lucky enough to sneak out to the course we're pretty much always playing some sort of you know two-on-two game with our buddies trying to talk as much shit to each other as we really can yeah for us it's almost like you want something on it i mean going out just to play you know it's not much fun unless you got a cooler full of beer then it's usually entertaining <laughs> but uh you know if you can get out there I, I try to get out there and have something on it you know with whoever i'm playing with just to kind of keep keep the juices going and you know want to get a little bit competitive edge in there so uh yeah there's always something on the line when we're playing golf at home uh so we're just about a week out from masters week uh you know you've played in all the majors you played in all of them multiple times you played in the masters a handful of times uh you've finished i believe as high as 10th one year so just kind of you know since everybody's getting excited how much does the masters you know mean to all the players and at this type of year you know are people is that just the main thing on people's mind yeah, it really is. I mean, you you touch a lot of the top players, and you know they they build their schedule up to gear up for for Augusta. Uh, it's the first major of the year. It's it's the Masters. It's it's the one you ask a lot of players they want to win. It's usually that one. But it's such a special, unique place. There's only 95 players in the field usually, and it's the most pristine golf course you'll play. The condition of it, the history of it. It's uh, when the weather's great. It's, it's spectacular the roars to the trees there's nothing like it and 
and you you see it all over the place, you know, on TV and social media everywhere. You know, everybody's just excited and gets geared up for that, that first week in April. Uh so yeah, we're going. We've never we've never been down there before. We uh, we're going this this year. Do you have any any recommendations for guys like us around town? Well, I'm not in. Can you ha- can you hold me a ticket? <laughs> that's that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you a ticket if you want one. We got a couple parties. Maybe we'll maybe we'll go partying a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the the genesis open. Obviously, the start of the year, you didn't really have uh, the game that you wanted. But then that week at Riviera, it seemed like you started to, to kick it in a little bit, put some nice rounds together. What um, you know, what kind of what kind of clicked, or what what have you been working on in your game? that's going right versus what's going wrong kind of right now. Yeah, it was a, it was a rough start. That first, the first four weeks was just kind of getting my game back in shape. You know, I took the whole fall off to be with my wife, Jennifer through, uh, through breast cancer treatment she was going through. And, uh, you know, once I got to LA, I just needed something else. And, uh, you know, I got hooked up with the, with Dave, Dave Stockton senior and junior and switch putters to the new spider uh tailor made putter which everybody's making putts with so i figured i might as well try it too <laughs> and uh you know it worked it started working it kind of cleared my head and i started putting for four feet in looking at the hole and it just kind of cleared my head I, I started relaxing a little more and you know i finished 49th but i made a big step in that part of my game and then it just carried over to the honda classic where i was leading through two rounds and um you know, i didn't have a great weekend but you know i'm just trying to take the big baby steps and get my mind right and that way I get back in the, in the feeling good about what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about Houston this week. Yeah. Uh, we were kind of, um, the, the looking at the whole thing. I mean, I know you play some practice rounds with Spieth. Is that inspired a little bit by Jordan at all? I think so. And then, you know, this, working with uh, Dave Stockton senior, he, he would tell me to look at the hole when we were, we were practicing together and, uh, and it just it loosened my hands a little bit and just kind of freed up my stroke. And, you know, I watched Jordan on TV a lot, you know, plus, plus playing with him. And, you know, I, I pulled him to the side at L.A. and asked him about it. And, you know, when he, when's he do it? And what, what kind of moments does he – when you look at the hole? So, uh, it was a good conversation for me just to kind of get an idea of when to do it. So, I just kind of take it to the golf course and whatever's comfortable that day, you know, I'm kind of going with it. And uh, yeah, I might be doing it from five feet, six feet, or just, just three feet and in. So, uh, but it's definitely uh, – loosen me up and relax my, uh, my my mental game, especially on the putting green. Yeah, and like you said, you, you played well um, in Houston, especially to start. You were tied for the lead going into the third round. Uh, the bear trap all that this year, I feel like it seemed a lot rowdier, just even from a crowd perspective. It's already difficult enough. Seemed like a pretty rowdy event this year. Yeah, they've, they've done a great job in advertising it and getting people to come out to it, but they've kind of taken on a an animal, I think, was 17 there and trying to, I don't know if they're trying to get it to like, like Phoenix right? during the waste management or not, but it's, you know, waste management in Phoenix is, is not a bad hole. You're hitting anywhere from a nine under a pitching wedge or sand wedge with 20,000 people yelling at you, but you throw a six iron over water to 10 feet of green and land with, with 10,000 people yelling at you, that's a little <laughs> different story. And <laughs> Jesus. so, uh, hopefully they kind of get control of it and, uh, but, uh, you know, it's always great to be around that kind of atmosphere, but it can get a little crazy at times. But, uh, you know, Honda Classic is doing a great job, I think. And, uh, 
you know, we'll see what they come with next year. But uh, hopefully they kind of take control of that and not get too out of hand. Well, uh, you're trending in the right direction. I think it was T49 at Riviera, T37 at the Honda Classic. What uh, what can we expect from you this weekend in Houston? Yeah, I hope we just kind of just keep moving in the right direction and think, you know, and have a better finish this week. Uh, I love the golf course. Uh, had some good success here, and you know, love what I'm doing with well, uh, ball striking. Had some good days with Randy Smith last week at home, and you know, we'll get here. The greens are always fast here. They they get they get primed and ready for Augusta, so they uh they always set this golf course up fast and. You know, I'm just looking forward to getting there and, you know, get get comfortable on the green this week. And, uh, you know, I love playing in front of a lot of the Aggies that show up, and they always get a good crowd. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully a good showing here in Houston and, uh, you know, keep moving in the right direction. So uh, when I was doing a little bit of research on you, I stalked your Twitter a little bit. And when I was going through it, I saw you retweeted uh, Scott Van Pelt's video uh, about talking about LeVar Ball. I know you're a dad. I think you got a couple kids that play hockey. What uh, what do you what's your take on the whole Lavar Ball situation? Yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy. It's almost like it's about Lavar Ball, not his kids. And you know, people are run with it and done a lot of things with it. But uh, I haven't listened to what anything he said. I just kind of followed through things put on Twitter out there. But yeah, it's uh, you know, I've with Mason playing hockey and ten years old, and I've always been. I'm never going to push him or be that dad that just grinds over him, you know, 24 seven to be great at something. Cause, you know, I figure if he's going to be great at something, he'll, he'll get there on his own. I'll just be there to support him and, and give him the best I can. But, uh, it's, uh, it's gotten kind of out of hand, I think talking about it. And it's always about him and, you know, whatever he, I guess he had some great career back then. He could beat Michael Jordan, my understanding. So, uh, Love to see that, though. If you, so, actually, uh, some LeVar Ball game tape came out in the last couple of days. And let me tell you, Ryan, he, he couldn't beat me, and I am terrible at basketball. Well, he averaged two points, didn't he? I mean, he got that somewhere. Getting those buckets. So, we're not going to see you on, uh, on first take yelling at Stephen A. Smith about your son playing hockey? Yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't catch that, but I uh, heard it was pretty entertaining. So, uh, I heard it was just a screaming match more than anything. But Stephen A. Smith yelled at anybody wants to. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, so how's how's your son? He's got a golf game at all? How's his golf game? It's getting better. He, uh, he, he, he was piping it out there a couple weeks ago. He he's not into playing just yet. He actually just get on the range and and bang it out there. And for some reason, he thinks Happy Gilmore a lot too. So I got to kind of calm him down a little bit. <laughs> he loves the Happy Gilmore swing. But uh, he enjoys getting out there and and giving it a whack but uh it's, it's fun watching play hockey because i've learned more and more about the game and i've become to enjoy it a lot more now yeah i was a little curious because you know texas people wouldn't necessarily think the hockey is the number one sport down there i feel like no it's a big you know it's kind of bigger in the dallas area you know obviously with the dallas stars but uh junior hockey has and but yeah you're a big baseball of course football is texas high school football but yeah baseball is a big sport and in and around Dallas, Fort Worth, and all throughout Texas. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's getting into the game of hockey. He's not a big fan of baseball. So, you know, I've, I've always told him, I've always said I'll never force him to play something. And, you know, if he doesn't want to play, he doesn't want to play. So I just kind of give him the opportunity to play every sport and, and let him go from there. And uh, so far, it's hockey and a little golf. 
That's I, I can relate to that. I always I, I grew say, up, those are rigs. Those are rigs of sports. Yeah, those are mine. I grew up thinking yeah. I, a big hockey guy, and I thought baseball was the most boring shit in the world. So. Yeah, of course he thinks he's going to be on the on the, in WrestleMania one year too. For some reason, so I kind of oh. made the mistake of getting him into WWE, but I he like loves that. that. Yeah, our, our producer Rob's a big uh, big wrestling guy. He's all fired up right now when you said that. Oh yeah, I'll <laughs> see him there. Yeah, I took him to I took him to WrestleMania in Dallas and. We went to a TLC match in Dallas, so uh, no, nah, I grew up as a kid watching it all the time, and you know he likes it, and it's, you know he, he enjoys it, so uh, we have a good time watching it together a lot. Uh, that sounds good. Again, like I said, Rob's all Rob's all excited. Yeah, you uh, could hit the link about- with Trent and Riggs. I'll go with Little Palmer. <laughs> we'll go to WrestleMania. It'll be a great time. I, th- I think he's he's Rob's probably about the same age as your son, so that probably yeah. is about right. Might be a good buddy. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so we're going to close up just a little rapid fire, as we always do. I think we just got three or four quick questions, then we'll let you go. Uh, yeah, I'll start with uh, number one. Uh, what's your go-to curse word when you hit a really bad shot in golf? Oh, geez. Uh, not that word. <laughs> feel right, feel free to sw- Oh, what was it? What though, damn it, or shit. Okay. Those are good I'm, I'm a big shit. <laughs> I'm a big shit guy, Josh. Oh, shit. Uh, you, you keep, keep it on the whisper side. Yeah, that's. You, you gotta. I feel like you gotta be very cognizant of where the mics are at. Yeah. Uh, so I saw a couple different uh, articles reference that you often get mistaken for the late Arnold Palmer's grandson. Is that true? Yeah, pretty much every week. Uh, it's 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 been a it's been fun throughout my years. Um, you know. I've, I've, I've been saying a lot. I'm so happy that Sam Saunders is making a name for himself, and you know, it's taking the pressure off me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the better the better he does, uh, the better that is for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, it's uh, it's been great. You know, obviously having that name, and you know, kind of not being compared, but talk talk to about you know the same with with Arnold Palmer. He was a great man, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's usually every week. There's always somebody talking about it, so it's cool. <laughs> Uh, and then the last rapid fire here. What's your worst story of hitting a spectator uh, with a ball? So I'm playing with Justin Leonard and Honda a couple years ago. I'm cruising. I'm four, three or four, five hundred par. And I get up on the twelfth, thirteenth, let's see, ten, eleven, twelfth hole, and I hit this ball so hard, duck, hook, drop, kick. Probably came around. And it's, it hit, tattooed this guy so fast, and he hit over. Bam. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit, I just killed him. So we get up there, and I'm so rattled. He's a, he's awake, no blood, nothing. He's sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're talking. He's like, and he kept apologizing to me. <laughs> and I was like, why are you apologizing, sir? Are you okay? I mean, my ball came back 100 yards, but you okay? And I ended up missing the cut, to be honest with you. I, I was so frazzled, just so Look, it come to be Justin Leonard's mom's boyfriend. No. Oh. I think. He was, maybe, I don't know what the relation was, but he was there watching Justin Leonard with Justin's mom. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, it was a, a terrifying feeling watching him just drop like that. But like I said, he was fine, and uh, we moved on. But, yeah, that was my, I, I probably look at that as my worst moment. So that, it does rattle you, though. It does, I mean, it sticks with you for a little bit. Yeah, and the rest of that year, it was okay because I started keeping count. I, was, I got the two hands on how many people I had hit. 
that year. So uh, it wasn't as hard anymore on me because I kept doing it so often. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I always because people. I mean, it's people stand there bravely, just lining, lining fairways. Even a lot of times, guys are hitting you know crazy little little low shots out of the trees and stuff. You see people just standing right there, yeah. fearless. Oh yeah, I hit two people on the same shot, and I got up there with the players, and I hit this. I guess they were together, and this guy was with this girl, and he tried to pawn her off on me, and I said, "No, I'm good, thanks." <laughs> Oh, well, then there, there was Pat Perez earlier this season hit a guy right in the dome, and then two holes later hit another guy. He just had to be a wreck that, the rest of that day. Yeah. But, you know. Well, they were too close to the too, too close to the rough, or you know, it's the way it goes. But unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't hurt anybody too bad. I, I hit one guy real bad at Disney one year, but I bought him a beer afterwards, and he was happy. Oh, that'll cure everything. Uh, yeah. What's your What's your go to compensation for somebody hitting the gallery? You know, it's usually a ball or glove. Usually a sign glove. Yeah. I feel you like know, that's they, the go-to. They appreciate it, so. Yeah. All right, Brian. Well, I think uh, <laughs> I think that's all we got for you. Trent, you got anything else? No, I think that'll do it. Uh, those the Hitting the ball. P- hitting people with the ball series are my favorite. Yeah, Trent really likes those. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, we, uh, we really appreciate it again, and uh, good luck this week in Houston. I know we'll be pulling for you, and, uh, yeah, you took some – some time out from your day to chat with us, so uh, we always appreciate it. You got it. Appreciate it, guys. All Thanks, right. Ryan. Take care. All right, that was Ryan Palmer. Trent, not necessarily uh, your stereotypical stoolie slash foreplay demographic. No, and when I told him I did a little uh, stalking on his Twitter page to find the LeVar Ball stuff, he follows 162 people, and one of them is Barstool Sports. So, you know, I went into it thinking when I looked at his Twitter page that he would follow like 4,000 people. Nope. Barcelona Sports is one of them. 40-year-old guy, Stooley. That's cool. Uh, very normal dude. Says basically that he prefers to play golf with his buddies with a bunch of beer. I mean. So that's, I mean, that's all you need to say. I mean, he just won every single one of our followers. So congrats to him for being a cool guy and being right up uh, our alley. Thanks again to him for uh, for chatting with us, taking the time out on his way over to Houston. Good luck, of course, to him this week. Now yep. he's one of our guys. Once you're one of our guys, you're always one of our guys. For life. You can't get out. It's like the mafia. So hopefully if some stoolies are going to be out in Houston, go nuts for Ryan Palmer. Yep. Uh, next, everybody's favorite segment from the gallery. From the gallery this week is brought to you by Bet DSI. As you know, and I mentioned multiple times, I love to bet money. I frequently lose money, but also win money. And I want some money with Bet DSI this weekend. It's time to play, win, or get paid uh, with the PGA. With gambling on the PGA, BetDSI has over 20 years in business. They are a top-rated business. It's safe. Like I said, I play there. You check out BetDSI.com and check out this offer. BetDSI is offering a free $25 bonus for first-time registrants. Use promo code GOLF25. That's G-O-L-F-2-5, GOLF25, to claim this limited-time Offer Bet DSI is also offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. They have great customer service, fast, easy payment of winnings, fantasy matchups, player versus player wagers, hundreds of wagers on PGA, NBA, NHL, NASCAR, F1, UFC, the list goes on. You name it, they've got it. I bet a little bit on DJ this week about halfway through the event when he was steamrolling everybody. I was able to win money. Feels good to win money. You can't win money unless you're at BetDSI.com. You can play virtually every single sport. Use Golf 25 for your limited time free bonus 
and try BetDSI.com now. That's BetDSI.com. Use the promo code GOLF25. Go there now. All right, Trent, from the gallery. Yep. Once again, if you have from the gallery submissions, you submit them by emailing them to us at uh, foreplay at barstoolsports.com. Yep. Or tweet us or Instagram us at foreplaypod. But really email us so that Rob has more emails to go through. Yeah, email is the best way to go. DMs get kind of lost in the shuffle. DMs are tricky, but uh, if they don't get seen, that's Rob's fault. So just yell at him. First one this week, John G. Uh, pretty good little story here. He says he's playing golf. Uh, a golf, a round of golf. I forgot what a you round did. of golf. I forgot what you did when you golf. It's a round of golf. A round of golf. Yep. Playing a round of golf, not a round golf. Oh yeah, I don't know what that is. That's like a made-up sport. A round of golf at President's Golf Course in Quincy. I've played there many times. He's on the 11th hole near the clubhouse. All of a sudden, he hears a bunch of police sirens when he's walking up to the green. He says, "When I'm making my putt, I hear uh, a huge rustle in the woods." And a man runs out, falling over the place. We laugh at him, then walk to our carts, and he follows us. Then we realize the cops are at the clubhouse, and he's walking towards our cart. He asks if he can ride with us for a few holes until they leave. At this moment, we all look at each look up at each other. Question is, what the hell would you do? In the end, we said no. He pleaded that he only got in a fight with his wife, but we said he had to go. Us being kind of weary, we skip the tee box to get away from him. Hopes hops the fence. He hops the fence and runs off. Cops drive out on golf carts, ask us if we saw him, and we let him know what happened. Not sure what happened to the guy. Wow. I mean, like I said, I've played at Presidents, and, you know, this could happen there. Okay. For okay. sure. I'm picturing when the cops came out in their golf carts, I'm picturing them with little sirens on them. I know they don't. That was pretty In much my head, that's what I was thinking. The main reason I included the story is because cops coming out in golf carts. <laughs> just like <laughs> all the same speed, just. <laughs> I need to know that my cops have, like, in their trunk, they have, like, okay, if we end up on golf carts, yeah, we're, these are the sirens we're bringing with us. These are golf carts. <laughs> Got to do it. My my main takeaway, my main question is, would you pull a citizen's arrest on the guy who was trying to, like, tag along? Definitely. And did they? Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. put him down, face down, arms behind his back, hold him there. I want to be the hero. It sounds like you've been dreaming of that moment. Yeah, definitely. Like, that guy comes at me. You went to the wrong cart, buddy. I couldn't. I don't remember from the story if they realized what was going on when it was happening. I mean, I think you could put two. I would. Ho- you would hope so. But yeah, so I like that you are just like I'm going to take this guy. You're out. golfing. You hear sirens. A guy comes fucking diving through the trees. Yeah. I mean, what more do you need? Yeah. You're, you just, uh, yeah. You going to take like a golf club out of me? Like, and you hold him on the ground with a golf club? See, then it's getting dangerous because you're escalating the situation. Okay. If you go at somebody with a golf club, like, you don't know what he's got. The guy's running from the fucking cops Yeah, at a golf course. If he, if a guy comes up to me, or if you're a guy trying to get in with somebody, like, hey, let me just tag on with you guys for a little bit. All, all I did was get in a fight with my wife is probably not the one I would go with. Yeah, like, no, no, it's nothing serious. I just fought my wife. I just, I got in a fist fight with my wife, and there's right. sirens everywhere. Everything's fine. I would be like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't know what I would say, but it's it would pretty, be that. It's pretty fucking serious, pal. That is. That's that's really serious. You can't do that. It's illegal and morally wrong. Um, I, I don't think I would try to citizens arrest the guy. That would scare me. What? Well, you're, I mean, you're Iowan Trent. I'm an Iowa guy. You would have done exactly what these guys did. Run away. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Rob's looking at me disappointed, which is fine. I would have fucked this guy up. This guy. This All guy, right. Rob. Uh, okay. Uh, going to the, I've got it from the gallery here. It's a little bit of injury. There's an injury in this one. Oh, good. Where's Francis? 
It's our coworker who loves like injury and horror and stuff. I did not when I copy and pasted this into my document. I did not put the name. So, thanks, anonymous person, for sending this in. Oh, an anonymous submission. Thank you. Wow, wow. Thank you. All right, here we go. So my brother, my so my brother, buddy, and I drove about thirty minutes from the house to play golf on Sunday. I had the honor of driving, which I don't mind and usually prefer. My brother and I are going to Hilton Head this weekend on a golf trip, so we're getting in as much practice as we can. Well, we're on the ninth tee box, and our buddy hits a drive and goes down yelling the standard fuck while grabbing his knee. I turned away because I didn't know if it was if it was bad, and my brother had his hand over his mouth because he'd heard it pop. Naturally, I wanted to take the turn and finish the round. I thought about offering to just call it quits since we were on nine, but I needed to practice for this weekend. Instead, my buddy rode in a cart with a massive bad bag of ice on his knee for the, remind, for the remainder of the round. Am I a bad friend for this? Thoughts. By the way, the title of this email was Friend Tour ACL. So he tore his ACL on the ninth hole. What do you do? That's a golf guy. Just yeah, out there like, no, no, pal, you keep, you finish this round out. I like that. And it's not like the knee's going to get any worse. True. You know what I mean? Which clearly they're all medical professionals and just new on the spot. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, no, it can't get any worse. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't. You, uh, I'm not leaving. I'm staying. I'm not leaving. I'm not. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I can see that fight on the tee box, like, dude, like I, my knee is shredded. Like, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> I'm playing. No, but I. That's what I. That's what I mean. Like, it's shredded. Like, it's not going to shred more. Maybe it'll shred more. I don't know. I don't really know that much about knees. But I, it's not going to get any worse. Let me play nine holes. It's going to take like a couple hours. It'll be fine. It's really dependent on how much beer you brought. That's a good point. Like, if that guy's just sitting in the cart for two hours. Riding around, potentially a bumpy round with a shredded knee, ACL gone, meniscus potentially gone, and you've got no beer. I mean, you can't do that. And what's stopping this guy in the cart from just being like, I'm going to go to the clubhouse and leave you guys. Just Why can't he just take care of it himself? It's, I mean, my guess would be maybe that maybe the, the ninth, tenth tee, whatever, was really far from the clubhouse. Okay. Because, yeah, you could just go take them to the clubhouse, pick them up, carry them into the clubhouse, set them down at the bar, yeah. and then get back in his cart. If I'm playing. the guy with the shredded knee and they're like, no, we're going to keep playing golf, there's a part of me that might be like, I'm just going to take this cart. I'm going to drive away with your guys' clubs on them. I'm sorry. I need help medically. Yeah, I think, I mean, just, I think you're underestimating how difficult physical things are when you don't have a knee. We only need one leg to drive a golf cart. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's tough to just execute like steel. I don't know. What I'm I saying, know. I guess I'll say I respect the shit of this guy for just being like, yeah, I guess I'll just hang in this cart. It sounds like he didn't really have much of a choice. That's true. That's yeah. true, too. But. I, I mean, I I really like the guy that made him stay in the cart. <laughs> like, no, dude. Like, I don't give a shit. I'm fucking playing golf. Also, tough to tear your ACL golfing. That's true as well. This kid. This That's kid. a tough story. Like, you got to. You gotta lie. Oh, point. I would lie. Yeah. Pick up basketball, softball, anything. Definitely not. The only good ACL golf story is Tiger. Yeah, and he. Maybe like I was, I was running from a bear that was chasing me. <laughs> anything then, like I was on the ninth tee at bumfuck. Just torqued, just torqued my knee a little bit, yeah. and you go down like a like a sack of potatoes. You're gonna have to lie about that one. That's tough. Well, it's tough now, and and now we just put this. We got however many listeners. They all know about it. So yeah, sorry, pal. We have a lot of listeners. Go us. Uh, last one. This guy, Tori, this is just a really quick one. He says, so I know you guys love the phrase, you got to be fist-fucking me, which is true. Shout out to Willie Wilcox. We do. Shout out Willie. One time, I was playing around with my brother, 
He shanked one and yelled, you got to be five-finger fucking me. That guy had to have that ready to go. Feels forced. It feels forced. That's not like, uh, fuck or damn it. Like, uh, what is that? What did Palmer say? Damn it or shit? Mm-hmm. shit yeah, and damn, he kind of said shit. Shit and damn it comes out just boom. It's just natural. You got to be five-finger fucking me is you plan on doing that. Five-finger fucking me. That's wild. Got to be five finger. Fucking. I feel like fist fucking somebody is worse than five finger. Five. You should. You do the for fi- all the listeners out there. You should see Rob and Trent <laughs> doing the hand gestures right now and trying to discern in their head which one is my you know, worse. One question would be: When you're five finger fucking somebody, are you f- doing the fingers individually? Because that's not so bad. Because then you can get a little more. Because then it's like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> this a, is a fist. A fist will, will fuck you up. <laughs> this got to be the first time we've really lived up to the foreplay, foreplay, like, mix-up. Yeah, well, that's true. Somebody might be pumped. Like, there might be a small percentage <laughs> of our listeners that were like, Finally. when's the foreplay part of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> They're here, episode nine. They're still sticking around like, I'm fucking waiting this thing out. They're like, it was worth it for that in-depth five-finger fucking discussion that we just had. Uh, bottom line, he probably planned that so... I don't like it as much. Still pretty animated and weird. Yeah. So we do like um, we do like you got to be fist fucking me. Might use that coming up. Anyways, speaking of coming up, Shell Houston Open Week. Yup. Really, basically a week that's just like yeah, we're almost at the Masters. I know. DJ withdrawing like was yeah, kind of that's kind like- of sends the message <laughs> yeah. like what more do we need to say? DJ won the WGC. I know. And then was like yeah, I'm not playing that. I'm not playing it. Uh, I mean. We had a shout-out to our guy Jim Herman, who won it last year. Uh, yeah, so that, that was, was a cool moment. What was that, two weeks ago interview, Rob? Yep. Yeah, so if you want to, if you've missed an episode or you just want to re-listen so that we can make more money, go back and listen to the Jim Herman episode. He won it last year in dramatic fashion. Great dude. That was a good interview. Um, our guy, Ryan Palmer, is, of course, as we talked about, in the field this week. Also in the field, Jordan Spieth, Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, those are four of the top ten players yeah, that's not in nothing. the world. That's not nothing. It's not nothing. There's always guys that like to play the week before. Like Palmer mentioned, they do try in Houston their best to set the course up in terms of around the greens, yeah. green speeds, cutting it really short instead of rough in as many places as they can so that it's as similar to Augusta as you can get. Yeah. So, you know, some guys like to see it as a tune-up. Would you play? Like me, Riggsy, or like Riggsy is Dustin Johnson? That's the thing. It's like if you're playing well, you probably don't want to play. But if you're like, I need one more tune-up, I would play. So it's hard to say. It really depends who you are. It's, I mean, probably not. Yeah. My ass would just go straight to Augusta. Augusta. You don't want to tear an ACL like that other guy did. You never know. These things happen, apparently. You got to avoid those risks. Uh, Our guy, the cap father, is back. Okay. He's mad at us. I couldn't tell if he's mad at himself. Or mad at us, or mad, you know, he's really mad at a lot of people on Twitter that come after him. He, well, then he just blocks them. Yeah, but he had a big fucking week. He picked. Well, I will say, I'll preface it with saying that he picked like five golfers this last week. I know. He, yeah, but he did pick both Rom and DJ in before the groups even came out. He picked those okay. guys both to win it straight up, and they played against each other in the final match. All right. All right. Tough to argue with that. It is. So, Capfather is back. Did he give you his picks this week? Gave me his picks. 
Because he t- what he took last week off, yes. Uh, he or did he just tweet them? Because I don't he think he just, sent you anything. He tweeted them. He didn't text me. <laughs> he just stopped texting me, and then he sent me the Undertaker getting revived. Yeah, gift, I got that too. Like a couple days into the week, and I was like, "All right, Cap Father." <laughs> so Cap Father texts me, says, "Rigsy, the Masters is upon us," which is not true. We're a week away, coming off a semi-big weekend and the biggest tournament, almost single digits away from the biggest tournament. I like to lay low. I won't be more than one unit and only take two golfers. Fine. He says, first, I'm taking Adam Scott at 25-1. to 1. Great value from a, for a premier name. Also made four straight cuts, so he is about as guaranteed to finish the weekend as anybody. I don't really know if Adam Scott making cuts is what he tries to do. He said, then, J.B. Holmes at 33-1 to 1, he likes. Similar strategy to Scott. Said he's 6-for-6 six six on cuts this year. Uh, pounds the ball. Previous winner of Shell Houston, which also helps. So those are Cap Father's fix. He picks. He likes JB thirty three to one. Adam Scott at twenty five to one. Trent, you got any thoughts on those? I was like a good JB Holmes pick. Yeah, me too. It's hard not to be it's, excited about that pick. For every every time I'm, I don't game all that often. Uh, not as much as uh, my co-host here, Rigsy. But whenever I do, JB Holmes always sticks out to me for whatever reason. I don't know why, but he's just I, the value is always pretty good. And he's always got a chance. Yeah, and he kills the ball, so he's one of those guys. If he kind of heats up, he can really, he can really want to run away. Like uh, Capfather said, he's won at the Shell Houston before. Mm-hmm. So hey, if you want to keep riding Cap, you want to get back on the train. He did famously pick three correct winners in a row, which he picked: Spieth at Pebble Beach, DJ at Riviera, and then Ricky, who I think was like sixteen to one. Yeah. at the Honda. Took a couple weeks where he was a little cold. That's tough. It's golf betting. Now he's back with these two picks. Adam Scott, 25-1. to 1, J.B. Holmes, 33-1. to 1. Shell Houston Open. This is the last time we're going to talk to you before we're at Augusta that's National. Ex- that's fucking exciting. That's fucking exciting. Everybody enjoy a good week. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. I hit it hard, man.